Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast, where we try to look at current events through the eye of faith, through the eye of leadership, and hopefully through the eye of sanity. It's great to have you with me. Well, we are stepping into a whole new world politically in the United States. As I record this podcast tonight, the Democratic National Convention begins, and it's an unusual one, obviously, because of COVID-19. It's going to be largely made up of pre-recorded segments. The studio in which the live bits happen is very small. I imagine we're going to give up the drama, give up the balloons, give up the exotic dress. Uh, But when it's all over, Joe Biden will be the Democratic national uh, nominee for president of the United States. And of course, this last week, one of the most major features of this presidential election season was added because Joe Biden asked Kamala Harris to be his vice presidential nominee. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for very long, you know that I have said that though I don't agree and align with where Biden and Harris are politically that I long ago believed that Kamala Harris was the right choice that she just has the right combination of things Joe Biden made a smart choice and by the way his campaign handled it very wisely I'll explain that in a minute Kamala Harris, uh, it brings a number of things to American politics because she is a combination of a lot of streams. Her father is from Jamaica. Her mother is from India. Uh, both of them are university professors at Berkeley. Um, they, the mother, of course, is, is, is Hindu. Uh, Kamala Harris says that she is a black Baptist, so a very unusual religious mix, a bit of an unusual ethnic mix. Kamala Harris says she identifies as black, and that's her call and her choice. Um, and I, I t- got to tell you that this was a smart move. This woman is a lawyer, obviously. She's been a district attorney. She's been the attorney general for California. She's been a U.S. senator. Um, do not think I'm being bigoted uh, in some way to say that she's pretty in a media age, to have a good smile, to have a good sense of humor, to be an attractive face, to have a watchable quality. That's just important. So it's not a, you know, I'm not just a man talking about a woman's looks. When I mention this, that's pretty important in American politics. And so she has the it factor. She has that watchable quality. I've seen video of her dancing with a black dance troupe down a down a public street and she's got moves and she's laughing and she's having fun and she's engaging uh, the people who are dancing around her and she just has that ability. So the Democrats have done what I have been urging Republicans to do for years. I urged long ago uh, in several presidential elections that a woman, number one, and an ethnic woman, preferably black, number two, ought to be uh, asked to be the vice presidential nominee. And unfortunately, 
Uh, Republicans have remained largely white and largely male, and I think now they are paying for it. And if you're bothered by the fact that I'm talking about race and gender as regarding, you know, attractive candidates and what have you, it's just the way politics works. It's not me having some fixation or being bigoted. It's just the way politics works. But let me tell you that for those of us who are in D.C. and those of us who watch these things and are fairly close to them, that uh, second only to the fact that Kamala Harris was appointed or invited to be vice presidential nominee for the Democrats was the way that it happened. Uh, Biden's campaign rolled this out expertly. There were no leaks. uh, There were no blowups. Uh, the various people who were considered for this role did not begin to get in a scrap before it was ever announced, which has happened before. Uh, even reporters who are very close to the Biden campaign and the apparatus said that they found out when the public found out. Now, that may not sound that impressive to you, but for those of us who live and work in D.C., how well an organization is able to stay on top of their business, prevent leaks, uh, do something without conflict, controversy, or being in the headlines, and roll it out under their own control is huge. So kudos to the Biden campaign. They have pulled off something impressive and they've appointed the right person. Not because I say so. Lord knows the polls are telling us that right now. So it's going to be a Biden-Harris campaign. Now, having said all that and having given all the kudos I can possibly give, let me tell you why I'm disturbed about Kamala Harris possibly being the vice president of the United States. I've already told you my concerns about Biden. I've already told you uh, about his seeming lack of permanent grasp on issues. I've already told you about how he's reversed himself on religious issues. I've already told you about how he is out of favor with his own Catholic church, et cetera, et cetera. But Kamala Harris seems to have a form of rage against conservative Christians. And this has come up time after time after time. While she was in the Senate, she was part of a committee that was vetting a judicial nominee. And she nearly took the man's head off for being a member of the Knights of Columbus. Now, Knights of Columbus is a Catholic men's organization. It's historic. It's high impact. It's high visibility. Uh, It does a lot of charity work. What Kamala Harris didn't like was that, of course, being Catholic basically means you're pro-life. And so she just grilled this man about whether he felt guilty about being a member of the Knights of Columbus, about whether he felt guilty about being a Roman Catholic, and it went on and on. Uh, She has, uh, she is as outspoken and as strongly in favor of abortion as a person can be. She's in favor not only, of course, of universal abortion rights, but she also is a supporter of partial birth Abortion. I don't want to be too graphic here, but that means you pull the child partially out of the womb and then you crush it, kill it in some way, drive something into its spine, etc. Yeah, I know it's it's unpleasant, but it's happening today. The conservative number is that today there will be 1,700 babies aborted in the United States. Uh, the more inflated number, possibly higher, possibly accurate on some days, is 3,000. Just think about that. 
Now, Kamala Harris was outspoken in opposition to the Hobby Lobby lawsuit that went to the Supreme Court. You may remember this. Uh, the Green family of Hobby Lobby are friends of mine, so I've spoken of this often. Um, you remember that the Hobby Lobby, the Green family and Hobby Lobby were under threat of millions of dollars, sometimes as much as a million a day in fines and also prosecution for not providing abortifacients in their uh, employee insurance coverage. And so this, of course, became national news. The Greens showed courage. They appealed all the way to the Supreme Court, and they won. But Kamala Harris was absolutely opposed to them, talked about how disgusting the case was, talked about how, uh, of course, she was opposed to the Supreme Court decision, uh, talked about how, how all organizations in the U.S., all businesses, should be forced, even against the faith and values of the owners of a company, to provide abortion services abroad. Abortifacients, and of course, if 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 required, uh, support even partial birth abortion. She was even outspoken in support of the prosecution uh, of an order of nuns. You may have heard about this, uh, who also refused, given that they were Catholic for heaven's sakes, who also refused uh, to allow abortions or to encourage abortions in the work that they did for the poor and the charity work that they did, and they too had to appeal through the court system, and they too eventually won. What you need to know is that Kamala Harris is uh, just stridently pro-abortion, stridently anti the conservative faith that opposes abortion, conservative Christians, Catholics, evangelicals, etc., and will, of course, carry that into the White House. Now, you have to put this together with the fact that Joe Biden, just within about 48 hours of declaring his candidacy for office, reversed himself on the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment was the uh, is the uh, the great act, that great amendment that forbade federal spending on abortion. Well, Joe Biden declared his candidacy, and then maybe it was a tactic, maybe it wasn't. Within about 48 to 72 hours, he reversed himself on the Hyde Amendment, uh, thus calling for federal funding of abortions. Well, he, like Barack Obama, is very much in bed with Planned Parenthood, very much a Margaret Sanger kind of a statesman or politician. And if we have a Biden-Harris administration, we will see abortion absolutely rammed further down the throats of Americans, despite the fact that more than half Americans believe there ought to be some restrictions on abortions. So Kamala Harris, a black Baptist with a mother who's Hindu uh, and a father, I believe that he was Jewish. Her husband is Jewish. And I celebrate, by the way, all of that. I'm thrilled that she's diverse. I'm thrilled that her father, perhaps, and certainly her husband are Jewish. I'm thrilled that she identifies as a black Baptist. Fantastic. What does it mean for her politics? Where are the values? Where is the application of her faith to uh, the ethics that she will carry into office. This is my problem because the bottom line is that Kamala Harris, who probably doesn't even know my name, uh, is, is hates my religion. That's the bottom line. That's the thing that's tough for me. I have to tell you that one of the weird things about my experience in politics is that I tend to like a lot of people I don't, I don't agree with. 
I would be thrilled to have Barack Obama and Michelle Obama to my house for dinner. I'd be more thrilled for them to invite me to their house for dinner. Um, I, I like a lot of people on the left. I work with people on the left on certain issues, as you may know. But the point is that... Uh, while I like Kamala Harris, uh, and I, you know, I think I like her personality. I like her humor. She's what uh, she exhibits a lot of what I try to encourage with those I I coach in D.C. in terms of their speaking and their presentation on the air. Have some humor. Smile a lot. Joke a lot. Have some fun. Um, be the happy warrior kind of thing. She does that well. So I I, I like her at a personal level, though. Of course, we've never met, but. Uh, the problem, of course, is that she is basically at war with a faith like mine. And that means all, ca- all con- traditional Catholics. That means all conservative Christians. That means all evangelicals. Heck, that means all atheists who just happen to be pro-life or, or lean conservative. She's at war with us. So uh, you didn't need to listen to this podcast for me to tell you that I won't be voting for the Biden-Harris ticket. Um, at the same time, I should end this podcast by saying that Donald Trump, uh, in the face of this very positive move for the Democrats, is setting himself on fire. He has made mistake after mistake after mistake. And if he and Mr. Pence don't catch fire, I mean, in a positive way, uh, they are absolutely going to be voted out of office. I mean, he made horrible decisions not to attend any of the commemorative events around the death of John Lewis. Um, he has picked this ridiculous fight over the United States Postal Service, where he's defunding it out of fear that, you know, mail-in ballots will somehow um, do damage to the country. Um, he has indicated in a number of interviews that he might or he might not leave office if he's voted out. Can you imagine U.S. military having to go into the White House and remove him forcibly? How silly that would be. Um, he has insisted on calling her nasty. Now, if you know anything about the black community, if you have any any black friends who could speak to this. Uh, blacks being called nasty is something that's happened by, uh, uh, has been done by racists for generations. My black friends tell me that for a black woman to be called nasty is something that's, that's been going on for, for decades. And it's a, it's a, it's a specific racist kind of insult of black people and black women in specific and specifically. And yet Donald Trump insists on calling Kamala Harris nasty. It just, he just couldn't, he just could not put his foot in it more than he has of late. Now, the one good bit of news for his administration is that this wonderful deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, that they're going to exchange, have diplomatic relations and what have you, very positive. It sent the Erdogan, the president of Turkey, into hissy fits. But this was brilliant. This is good for the Middle East. This was a positive move. This was excellent work on the part of the administration's diplomats. This is really, really good. He needs about 10 more of such things. So we're in desperate times, uh, a lot of difficulties going on. Donald Trump is negatively setting himself on fire. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are absolutely going to win this election unless something changes. Now, some of you will notice that I've just said something that reverses uh, something I predicted before. I predicted some time ago that Donald Trump would win the election in the fall. He still can statistically win it. But right now, there are some polls that have him as much as 20 points down. And every day, he's making bigger mistakes. So it's his to lose. He can still win it. It's still possible. And he may. 
it's just far less likely when I than when I first predicted uh, that it was possible he went, might win. All right, let's track this together. But the drama is increasing. The Democrats have the upper hand. Donald Trump is absolutely pouring kerosene on himself every day. So let's see what happens. The country is still a great country. The country is going to rise. We'll get on the other side of coronavirus uh, and we will thrive again. The question is going to be who's in charge and what about issues like abortion and other moral issues? Uh, Will we see those extended under the hands of a new administration? The possibility right now is yes. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.